by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. Here we are, Thanksgiving week. We just had some turkey, Janet, and... You know, things are are really starting to shape up for the holidays. That's right. Gobble, gobble. And I'm sitting here with the turkey, too. So this is going to be a great day. (laughs) It's going to be a great day to talk turkey. You're getting cheesy. Oh, man. So uh, we still have some some time on uh, turkey hunting in this state of Wyoming. And people may be just have turkey on their mind for Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, January 1st, you know, trying to get the the new year started out right. And I think there are a lot of people that maybe would be surprised to know how long the turkey season actually stays in here in Wyoming. It is such a great thing. We talk about a lot on this show, how hunting can be kind of a family activity. It's fun to get everybody out and You know, um, whether you're doing other types of hunting or it is turkey hunting, you know, there's still a lot of time left on the calendar for getting out with family and friends and enjoying the outdoors. And so just know in some some places there are opportunities until December 31st. Oh, wow. So turkey season really can be all the way as as almost as far as elk season goes in some places. Yeah, we've got a lot of opportunity for turkey hunting in Wyoming. And, and so we have a spring season and a fall season, and they're totally separate. They're separate licenses. Your licenses are either valid for either or you can and you can get licenses in both years. A lot of folks don't realize you can actually get up to three licenses in each season. Um, so here, like say for central Wyoming folks, we've got you're in turkey hunter area too. And so like say Converse, that's like Converse, Natrona County. Niobrara and parts of Weston County. Um, but anyway, we've, you know, you've got seasons that run from September 1 all the way to the end of December this fall. And you can get up to three licenses. You get one general and then even a couple type threes. We have some type three licenses that are valid just in Converse and Natrona County. So we've got a, and we've got a lot of birds right now. So there's a lot of opportunity. If somebody wants to get a turkey license, do they have to go through the, the website and kind of fill it out like they would an elk license or a deer license? Well, you can apply for a license through the website, just like any big game license, or you can just, in the case of a turkey license, just like a, say a general deer license or something, you can just go on down to one of your sporting good outlets or here at the game and fish office and, and uh, just buy one over the counter that way as well. And you could still buy up to three at that point, if that's how you're doing it. We know, we all know that Casper has uh, quite a large turkey population at the base of the mountain we we also have turkeys that go up on casper mountain and is it okay to shoot those can you shoot those turkeys on casper mountain as long as you have access and you're you're on property where you have access and permission to hunt then absolutely you can you know the only we have restrictions as far as being in city limits and that's not a game and fish restriction it's they're municipal restrictions so there's no discharge of archery and firearm equipment within city limits. But once you're in the county um, and you're legal to be there, absolutely you can. I can tell you on Casper Mountain, there are some public lands like say Bear Trap Park, um, things like that, that are county parks where there actually is no discharge of firearms allowed. So you need to make sure. um, But for example, over on in Ponderosa Park on the far east end of the mountain, you can discharge firearms. So 
you just need to to make sure um, that you're allowed to hunt there. And, and if you have any questions, you can come see us. And there, there's a lot of state and federal mm-hmm. land up there mm-hmm. that maybe people don't really realize that, you know, an Onyx map really lays it out perfectly, actually, because you can tell where you can go and where you can't go. That's right. You know, a lot of the technology that we have out there at our fingertips now with GPSs, and you mentioned a brand, the Onyx, has a lot of that information on there that can be incredibly helpful. And it can pinpoint right where you are. It can pinpoint the land ownership. So all of that is is pretty critical. And make sure that you are aware of where you are. Just like Ben Fitz said, some of the parks are yes and some of the parks are no. All right, Justin. So, you know, we know they're in town. We know they're on Casper Mountain. But where are some of the best places you could go in Wyoming and do some hunting? Well, turkeys, like we were saying, you know, they've done so well. Um, really throughout a lot of the state. Turkeys have expanded the range in Wyoming in a lot of places. So now we have pretty robust populations in places like the Bighorn Basin, Sheridan Johnson County, all that. Now, if we get talking central Wyoming, um, you know, most of the bird hunting tends to be on private land still. We do get some turkeys on Casper and Muddy Mountain, like we talked about. You get a few down in Hat Six and things like that. But uh, most of the turkeys around here occur on private land. Now, as you get over towards Douglas, you can get some birds on National Forest south of Douglas up in the Laramie Range. And then certainly our preeminent turkey hunting spot in Wyoming is the Black Hills. And that's where we we have the highest density of turkey populations in the whole state. But there's also a lot of birds that use public land up there on like the Black Hills National Forest. So it really is a little bit confusing. But as long as you, you know, do your research, then you're good to go. And um, so if you go and, you know, we talked about my elk last time, so I took it over to, to Dan's to have it processed and, and, and all that. And, you know, what's the popular thing to do after you, you kill it? Do you just do it at home or can, do you need to take it in and get it processed up? You know, it depends. I know, I know say the vast majority of people that harvest birds take them home and, and clean them themselves and prepare them themselves. So that kind of goes a few different ways. Some people are really meticulous and take the time to pluck their birds and, and cook a whole bird with turkeys. Other people, some people will just take the breasts. It's fair to say that the, the legs and the thighs of a wild turkey, are, they can be pretty chewy. But there's a lot of great recipes to slow cook them, crock pot them all day long, things like that, where that meat will still fall off the bone and can be really, really good. You know, when you have a, a goose, that's most people really breast out a, a goose. But with the turkey, when you're cooking a regular turkey you buy at the store, that already doesn't have that gamey taste. So what are some, some ideas to go and, and change it up? Yeah, and, and there's a lot of good recipes for like turkey soups, things like that. That can be a great way to use the leg and the, the thigh meat. And then I also recommend, too... Um, for folks that have the time to, to consider a brine mixture for turkey. That can really take a little bit of that gamey taste out of it and brine it for 24 hours and then either whether you want to grill it or bake it. You know, grilling turkey can be a little challenging because it can dry out pretty quick. Wild turkey just doesn't have much fat on it or anything like that. So, um, and then there's, there's lots of recipes online. Anything with a domestic turkey works for wild turkey, but then some of the the Hank Shaw cookbooks yeah. and things like that have some awesome recipes for wild turkey. And one thing I do know is if you have great plans for cooking a wild turkey, you will not see a wild turkey. <laughs> yeah. So wait till the last minute. I've been waiting for years and, and we still haven't had any luck harvesting. So making sure that you just, you know, 
have a great time. And again, that's, it's just such a fun time to go out with friends and family and enjoy, enjoy the outdoors. You know, we've been talking a lot about eating those turkeys, but those turkeys have to eat too. And uh, the city of Casper is, uh, you know, kind of playing ball now, right? Yeah. So, you know, anyone that lives around Casper right now <laughs> recognizes that our turkey numbers are way up. In environmental town. conditions, have, well, they're way up in a lot of places right now. And so environmental conditions have been just really favorable. Good moisture leads to, to good grass production, which means good nest success, nest concealment from predators, things like that. Good chick survival. You actually call them poults with turkeys. But uh, so they've done really well the past few years. And one of the chronic problems we've found, um, especially when we're in the turkey business like we are now, is we do unfortunately get some residents that like to feed them. They can be fun to watch and that sort of thing. So I kind of understand why some folks like to do it, but it, it really, we really, really discourage it. Um, and and we've actually taken it up with the Casper City Council and um, between working with the chief of police and the city council, they've been great to work with. We actually, you know, the city council just enacted a feeding ban um, because almost everywhere in Casper where we have nuisance turkeys and they can be, boy, if you get 50 turkeys roosting above your house or using your back porch and pooping all over, they can be a mess and a ruckus and, and, uh, make it hard to sleep. So it's almost invariably though, when we have those situations, it's because of neighbors feeding them. And so right. it's, it's a pretty unneighborly thing to do. They also have issues where they can attract predators around. Like we, we do get mountain lions that come down into subdivisions at the base of the mountain. And a lot of that's directly responsible for a direct reason from people feeding turkeys. So have we, we've seen a pretty higher uh, influx of mountain lions the last year or two, haven't we? Technology shows us a lot more and that, you know, it's easier to get word out that, that, that there is a mountain lion that someone saw. Mm. And so, you know, it, it is a hard thing to necessarily quantify. But, um, you know, Justin knows the numbers. Well, it's fair to say that mountain lion encounters and sightings have certainly been up in, at the base of Casper Mountain in, in the past few years. That's for sure. And then obviously, you know, it doesn't help that the turkeys are here and we have a crazy amount of geese. So that that also kind of brings them in, too. So, yeah. And, it, and feeding deer, it can be at any number of things. But feeding wildlife generally can be responsible for bringing those those folk, those cats around. So definitely not a good idea to feed, feed your family, not your flock. And really it can just be so unneighborly. Invariably the folks that feed them, they get the birds there during the day and they, they don't mind tolerating the mess. But then when those birds go to roost away from where they get fed, it, you're, you're creating a problem for your neighbor. And so it can be a, it can be pretty inconsiderate to be honest with you. And those suckers are getting smart because they're using the crosswalk. That's exactly <laughs> right. The number of pictures of the turkeys yeah. in the crosswalk. But people are stopping for them. So that's a good thing. Everybody is maintaining that uh, law that if something's in the crosswalk, you're stopping. <laughs> but, you know, really, Drew, um, I know that a lot of people choose to feed because they feel like the animals need it and they don't. And it's often harmful. It does them more damage to, you know, the deer and the turkey, depending on what kind of things that you are feeding. And so they're doing okay in the wild by themselves. So keep that in mind that your heart doesn't necessarily need to go out to them and they don't need to be fed. All right. If you have any more questions about the turkey or you want to get a turkey license and maybe, you know, produce your own 
Christmas turkey. You can do that. WGFD.wild.gov or stop out and see them. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Drew. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. It's Drew and Brian, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And, uh, Brian, we've had a a heck of a month of November, and we're almost pushing into December. But, uh, boy, we've harvested some some birds and some elk, and we've got a whole freezer full of stuff. Yeah, it's been uh, been a fun fun month for sure. And, uh, you know, now Mother Nature's going to throw us that curveball. Yeah, you know... I'm not real sure where we're going from here because we've had this cold snap with a little bit of snow and then it's going to start teetering and going up and down and we didn't know how to dress before. It's really going to be that way now. Yeah, you know, it seems like uh, the old farmer's almanac said this was going to be one of the worst winters out there. And then last uh, report I saw, now we're going to have an El Nino winter, and uh, it's going to be milder than normal. So who knows what to believe? Just be prepared. Exactly. And one of the things that we love about Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is you can come in here and and really get everything that you need to be prepared. And we've talked about that a whole heck of a lot. But even when it comes to the the clothing, I know you guys have just had a big Black Friday sale. And for the whole weekend, you've been having sales. But that doesn't mean that all the selection goes away. Yeah, that Black Friday sale ends tonight, actually. So um, we've got some great, great deals out there. And uh, during my hunt with you, you know, I, I tried out some new some of the new Kings uh, XKG uh, camo patterns. And it was really cool how good that pattern looked up against the sagebrush and whatnot. And uh, we've got that camo uh, on sale through the end of today for 25% off. Wow. So, you know, and I'll tell you that when we've talked about boots in the past, you know, I, I've always known that boots are, are very important, but I didn't really realize it until you get in a terrain like that, that mm-hmm. if you don't have a good fitting pair of boots, it's it could be bad news. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, that uh, that hunt realize that, you know, you're just not walking on trails all the time, right? Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're going after, you know, we were going after kind of a herd of 34, 35 elk down there, and uh, we're walking across the side of a face and downhill, and, you know, I noticed I had some shin splints the following day. Uh, but just because of the angle that we were walking on, fortunately, the boots that I had on gave me great uh, uh, ankle support and uh, very comfortable. So I mean, that that wasn't the issue. It's just you know the lack that you know I sit behind a desk way too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we're moving into December now, and birds are flying. And with the weather that we had, probably be a, a lot of duck hunters and goose hunters, and uh, making sure you have those proper clothing for for that type of hunting too, mm-hmm. because it's not the same as going out and searching for elk or deer where you're moving around a lot. You could be sitting in a blind or laying in a layout blind. Yeah, especially, you know, if you're duck hunting and you're going to, you know, wear, you got to have waders, obviously, in most cases, and uh, setting decoys and that kind of stuff. So having a good pair of, like, neoprene gloves and then the underlayment that you're going to wear underneath those waders, you know, pretty pretty important. Um, boots, obviously, you know, a lot of times you can get by with just a nice pair of muck boots or bogs boots. But, you know, in a lot of cases, somebody's got to be wearing a pair of waders. So uh, having the right socks and the underlayment, the the, the cold gear underneath that, um, you, you got to make sure it's right and uh, that you're going to be comfortable. 
Well, make sure you get by here, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And no matter what the game you're hunting, if it's birds, if it's deer or uh, elk still, I know that uh, we got uh, maybe a couple months left of, of elk and getting out and doing some hunting and just enjoying what we've got. And we talked to Game and Fish a little bit earlier uh, this show about the fact that turkey hunting has been around a little bit uh, longer now these days. So that's still an option. Yeah, and uh, there's there's a lot of different ways to go after those turkeys, and there's you know seems to be plenty of them around. I mean, I was driving up Casper Mountain the other day, and you know there's 30 or 40 you know just just on the trip up. So there's equally just as many in town, if not 10 yeah. times as many in town. But uh, yeah, there's uh, you know we've got all kinds of different shotguns, especially if you're going to take a youth out. Uh, there's a lot of the uh, what they call the toughy turkeys has been a really good single shot uh, first kind of gun where you can get uh, that, that young young guy, young gal uh, on on a turkey and be successful. So get out here, check it out at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And also, don't forget, I know that Thanksgiving may be over, but uh, your Christmas turkey would be a good option to, to stop in here, maybe even check out a Traeger or Pit Boss. Yeah, you know, uh, I uh, got some of the turkey pellets this last week and did a brine on my turkey and threw it on the trigger for Thanksgiving, and it was fantastic. Well worth it coming in here and checking it out at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. It's Drew along with Brian Woodward back at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And, uh, Brian, we've talked a a lot about hunting over the last few weeks because that's where our focus has been. And Mm -hmm. now we've tagged out. There's there's bird hunting still available, but also it's still not 100% time to stop fishing. Yeah, you know, for me, it's time to put away the rifles and the backpacks and all the, you know, game processing stuff and uh, focus on my birds. And uh, before long, we're going to have uh, ice on the water and uh, on, on the lakes and uh, we're going to be ice fishing. Yeah, um, after the first of the year, there's quite a good lineup of a lot of ice fishing tournaments from uh, even a brand new one down at Glendo. Right, yeah, the... Uh, Glendo, the town of Glendo and some committees down there are uh, starting the a ice fishing tournament uh, called the Ice Breaker, and that uh, tournament is going to tentatively be held uh, January 13th and 14th. So uh, ice conditions pending, obviously. Right. But um, uh, you know, I've been in uh, Wyoming for just over 20 years, and uh, I have not heard of a tournament down there. And so that's kind of exciting to have something close, uh, add that to our list of uh, Pathfinder and boys in tournaments and uh, give a guy uh, an opportunity to get out and uh, have some fun. Yeah. And, you know, over the, the last couple of years, we got hit really hard last year when it came to wintertime. And they're saying it, it could be an El Nino, it could be a mild winter, <laughs> but it also they're saying it could be one of the worst. And I think the where we are and even where Glendo is, is right close to the, the arch of separating good from evil yeah well last year you know the biggest problem that we had was that we had so much snow Mm. and uh even though we had good uh ice conditions there was so much snow on the lakes that guys really couldn't get around unless they had snow machines Uh, and so uh it'll hopefully we'll just get our our normal you know good 
cold yeah. uh get a good freeze and it'll uh won't prevent people from getting around but you know even at pathfinder guys you know they shut down the access to bishop's point because the county crews just couldn't keep the roads open right and that ended up being an issue with the hog derby because mm-hmm. they weren't able to get as many people in right so um obviously you know especially for the hog derby you know that's kind of a a fundraiser for the for the pathfinder boat club to maintain and keep the facilities open and keep some staff there at the um at the little uh, retail shop that they have there and someone to run the pump so really kind of important to kind of support those events and and those people that are running those so hopefully uh, mother nature cooperates this year and uh, we can all get out and have some fun yeah and that's a fun one too because you know groups like hd outdoors and Mm -hmm. and some of those are able to get uh, veterans out on the ice and and get them ice fishing and i know that there are a lot of uh, veterans that have gotten the opportunity to do the hunting part of of it but not many have been able to take on the ice fishing and in some places that's it's not possible yeah and there's organizations like the north Platte walleyes you know they'll they'll pull their trailer up there and if you know you've never been ice fishing you know there's guys there that are willing to take you out and drill a hole for you and uh, loan you some equipment uh, we've got some equipment that we've uh, had some different training courses with uh, um, different groups, whether they're veteran-based or whether they're youth-based. So hopefully uh, the ice conditions are good so that the club can get up, up there again and, and take care of that. Now, of course, we have a couple of other uh, ice fishing derbies throughout January and, and February, and and now's a good time to start thinking about maybe those Christmas gifts of uh, maybe a new ice fisherman or or someone that's had some equipment for quite a little while yeah you know and after just coming out of a hunting season you know there's a lot of things that you just kind of realize man i i lost my knife or i would like to upgrade my binoculars or you know a lot of times you know we don't think about you know even people's birthdays you know that you know that you know maybe they wanted something that was related to the summer you know so whether it's a a new fish finder or something like that a good opportunity to just kind of come in and put something on layaway and if you are just trying to take care of the ice fishermen uh there's we've got all of our uh, categories set out there right now and so there's lots of new lures and jigs and fishing poles and jaw jackers and all those all those ice fishing uh pieces that uh, a guy needs are here so one thing about the um layaway is you don't put limitations on what items can can go on layaway here in the store yeah no you can put anything from uh you know a knife to a pair of shoes to a tent sleeping bag you know you name it i mean there's there is no limitation and we're we're pretty lenient with it you know we we ask for 20 percent down to begin with and 90 days to pay it off but you know there's there's obviously uh, situations that that come about where someone you know doesn't get it paid off in 90 days and we're not generally breathing down their throat you know just makes them some type of good faith payment whether it's five or ten bucks um and then whatever it takes to get it taken care of and it makes a big difference when you maybe have a family or you're looking to, to buy a whole bunch of things of course there's always the the idea of the uh, gift card that you can get here at rocky mountain discount sports too perfect stocking stuffers like socks and underpants and long underwear i mean things that you need yeah you know stocking stuffers there's lots of little things whether it's a flashlight you know there's fishing lures that can go in there ammo is a good good um, stocking stuffer there's lots of lots of little things that we carry in the store that are useful every day um but kind of kind of fun to use for those stockings and if mom's listening uh, five five six would be a great (laughs) box of ammo for christmas this year right everybody could use five five six (laughs) uh get out here and check them out at rocky mountain discount sports and don't forget you can start your shopping 
online at RockyMountainSports.com. Very cool and convenient way for you to get your shopping underway for 2023 and Christmas. And that ice fishing gear, uh, you might as well start breaking it in now because you may need it in January. That's right. And uh, make sure you get them re-spooled and uh, make sure that your equipment's working right because uh, when January's here and the ice starts to form, it's going to come quick. Get out here. Check it out. Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. It's Drew back on Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, I you know told you that I went up to... Uh, Cedar Ridge Outfitters and uh, hunted with Tony Kaiser for elk. And while I was there, I met Kamisha. Kamisha is the camp cook, and she also is a female guide for the outfitter. And uh, Kamisha is joining me this morning to tell me a little bit about her experiences with the First Hunt Foundation. We have talked to uh, Fred Williams over the the years, and this is a fairly new uh, uh organization here in wyoming and uh, commission i appreciate you coming in and how are how did you get involved with the first hunt foundation i've always like had a history of hunting and everything and then um oh probably about eight years ago my friend stephanie was like hey let's go to this camp it was the bow becoming an outdoor woman and so we applied for that and got in there and that was kind of like the kickoff to being like, there's more that you can do with all of this. Cause there was a bunch of different sections that they had that you could do. Dutch oven cooking, fly tying, kayaking, canoeing, hiking, how to poop in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) All of this, you know, random different stuff that was just really sparked a passion inside me and was like, I want to do more of this and now it's just really falling into place for me. So you have been an outdoorsy type uh, girl your whole life, right? You grew up in uh, like the horses and, and just outdoors. Yep. I started out. uh, My grandpa and grandma always had horses. My grandpa was a roper. Him and his brothers, the, the, the old timers rodeo association, um, and we did the outlaw trail ride um and then we started doing 4-h like once you start turning eight nine years old then you can sign up and join different projects and so we did horses and pig and sheep and steers cooking sewing like we did it all it was almost like you were destined to eventually end up as an outdoor guide because you're you're doing some hunt guiding and uh, mentoring to other women. Yeah, and I I just love it. It's definitely like my most happy place next to being on top of a horse is going out there and helping others and teaching them about hunting and how it all works and is just a huge eye opener to a ton of people. So it's awesome to watch people grow in that aspect. We talked a little bit when I was in hunt camp about how you kind of got in started with First Hunt Foundation and why that's important to you. And that's really led to you being able to be an in-house uh, guide to, to help people out there at, at Cedar Ridge Outfitters. And what's some of the benefits that you find that when you get to go one-on-one with a, a female hunter that maybe is fairly new to the outdoors, you know, what do you, what benefit do you really get from that experience? 
it's just building a relationship with people, networking, and just really getting to know that individual. And I've really created some very special bonds with people. And so that's just super special to me. And it just makes life that much better for everybody. So you have four kids. So it's like, it's that mothering part of, of you that just loves to nurture and, and teach. Yes, absolutely. And my son, he also has started guiding this year. So that's a really awesome avenue for him. And he says that he would rather be happy than be making a lot of money. And it's amazing that you can do something that you love. And Well, it seems like you get passed on the, the love of the outdoors then if your son is into it like that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super proud of him. What, what would you give... Uh, someone that may be wanting to explore the outdoors more, what would you give them advice on? What would be some of the first advice tips that you would give someone just trying to, to get into the outdoors? I would just tell them to not be afraid. Don't let that fear stop them. Let it be an inspiration to go out and be adventurous and You never know what's going to happen. The sky's the limit in the outdoors, really, because it's not just elk hunting. It's not just deer hunting or antelope hunting. I mean, there are other avenues that you guys offer there, especially with the First Hunt Foundation. Yeah, there is. They've really been working on building the program and a lot of different other foundations like Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation has helped kick in. And so all of that has really helped. We've been able to buy some enclosed trailers archery equipment and everything is very streamlined. Um, Fred puts um, money designated to specific things and that's where they go. And now we've got trailers going around and we've got archery stuff in there. So kids are getting to be able to start learning how to do um, bow shooting. Um, So like you said, this guy's the limit. There's other programs that are talking about trying to do some other events and get equipment like that too to help more kids learn. And it's just really awesome how the whole program is just blooming and not just for one foundation. It's just for the whole entirety of all of these foundations that want to help kids and women and, and even men, like everybody. So it's really awesome to watch the whole state come together as like one huge family and reach out to help everybody be more educated about hunting and safety and just growing and sharing that education and knowledge. One of the great parts about the First Hunt Foundation is that it's fairly new still, just a a couple of years old and already making impacts. So, you know, we, we talk about how the sky is the limit for the outdoors, but with this organization, the sky's the limit, especially when it comes to a a young hunter or a a single mother that has a young kid that wants to get in the outdoors. And that's kind of where the First Hunt Foundation works the best is just taking those moms and and kids out and getting in the outdoors. And what would you uh, say is the easiest way to, to get in contact with you guys so that a mom that Maybe is just looking to, to get her kid out a little bit. Probably the best way is through Facebook, First Hunt Foundation, Wyoming. Um, and there's First Hunt Foundations throughout the U.S. and growing. Just reach out through that and contact us and somebody will get back to you. 
It's a, a great organization, and uh, Kamishi, you you are a big part of it. And you said that you not only are doing the first hunt, but the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. That you guys have all kinds of events coming up in the next few weeks to raise money for all these organizations. Yeah, we do. Um, December first, we have a cowgirl Christmas, and we posted that just locally for um, Thermopolis, and it was sold out within like three or four days. And we have a waiting list right now of over 40 people. So it's really amazing. And we wish we could do have everybody come, but our space is limited. That's the only factor right now. Next year, we'll definitely probably have to try to find a bigger venue. So Well, and, and it goes to show how big this First Hunt Foundation is starting to be. So if you want to find out more, if you want to donate, you don't have to just go to some of these events. You can go and donate your time. You can become uh, a mentor. You can find mentors all at firsthuntfoundation.org slash Wyoming. It's a it's a cool foundation. It's a, a cool thing that looking at your social media, you have some pretty uh, adventurous things that you go on throughout the, the year. You don't just uh, get adventurous during elk season. No, I love doing a little bit of everything. So just living life to the fullest. Absolutely. So that's the best way to look at it, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Tell my kids I'm living life on the edge. (laughs) (laughs) But you're never you're never too old to learn something new. So I think that's the best part about life. Just keep growing and trying to be the best version of yourself that you can be and never stop. And reaching out to uh, organizations like the First Hunt Foundation is an easy way to get into that. So get over and check it out. You can, uh, again, find out more at uh, First Hunt Foundation YO on Facebook and then firsthuntfoundation.org slash Wyoming on the website. Commissioner Larson, I do appreciate you coming on the show and and all you're doing for for folks with the First Hunt Foundation and and all the guiding and, and mentoring that you're doing. Thank you, Drew. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. Is living right, then boys, let me tell you what, you might be a duck man. You might be a duck man. Just might be a duck man. Well, boys, let me tell you what. We pulled in the hole, it was mighty cold, and decoys was covered with ice. I was drinking coffee when the deal came in, it was shooting hours all right. I shot out front, they flew straight up, then boys just cut them all. If this kind of action is your kind of passion, well, boys, let me tell you what. You might be a duck man. You might be a duck man. Just might be a duck man. Well, boys, let me tell you what. 
830 flight came in just right, Ben Mallard's committed and cupped. Red legs hanging, we started banging, boy, they knew they messed up. When we finished the cripples, picked up a limit, that dog was fired up. If this is what you live for, boys, let me tell you what, you might be a duck man. You might be a duck man. Just might be a duck man. Well, boys, let me tell you what. We picked up our stuff, loaded up the boat. The bottom was covered with ducks. Tore down the river. The outboard was screaming. There was nothing in the water but prop. When we got back, the women worked fast. We sure love picking a duck. You got a woman that lives like this. Well, boys, let me tell you what. You might be a duck man. You might be a duck man Just might be a duck man Well, boys, let me tell you what You might be a duck man You might be a duck man You just might be a duck man Well, boys, let me tell you what Hooking and hunting outdoors with Drew Kirby. If you have a question, want to make a comment, or have an idea for a show topic, message us on the My Country mobile app. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors.